0: I'm Heather Bushman for N Equals One, a podcast about science and discovery at UC San Diego. In each episode, we bring you the story of one project, one discovery, or one scientist. Today on N Equals One, I'm talking to a cancer doctor who specifically works on clinical trials. I wanted to learn what these are exactly, why someone might want to participate in one, and how he or she might get started with that. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Dr. Katherine Gold.
1: I'm an associate professor here at University of California, San Diego. I'm a medical oncologist, meaning a chemotherapy cancer doctor, and I specialize in the treatment of lung and
0: head and neck cancer. Let's start at the beginning. What are clinical trials? I mean, some people think of them as sort of a last ditch attempt, the last resort, when you've tried everything else and it's your last hope. Is that still how we think about it?
1: At its most basic, a clinical trial is a way of looking at whether a new treatment or device or treatment strategy is safe and effective for people in the treatment of some illness or disease. There is that stigma that it's only as a last resort, but that's not the case anymore. Um, In my field, which is cancer, clinical trials really offer your patients an option to get the newest and uh, potentially best therapy for their cancer.
0: When we hear about clinical trials, you you always hear about these different phases. That's a phase one trial, phase two, what what does that mean exactly? So phase one clinical trials really
1: focus on the safety of a new drug or device. Um, These are oftentimes drugs that have been looked at in the lab, but this is the first time they're being used to treat people. Uh, Phase two trials, on the other hand, look for preliminary data on how well something works, whereas a phase three trial is really the definitive trial. Oftentimes these are what we call randomized trials, meaning a computerized coin flip uh, decides whether patients receive the standard therapy or whether they receive the new therapy, and then we look to see whether one is better than the other.
0: All right, so as you move along these phases, a therapy gets closer to getting approved for use by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, or FDA, right?
1: That's correct. As you move from phase one to phase three, the drugs have been more studied, and they're closer to approval. But with that being said, in cancer now, we're really focused on personalized therapy. So some of the drugs in phase one trials actually may be the best for, for an individual sitting in front of me. So you can't only judge it based on the phase. Um, some very promising drugs are available in, in phase one, two, or three. Uh, so it's not always the case that phase three is better, because it's, it's more advanced.
0: Why do people choose to participate in a clinical trial? Do you see people being hesitant sometimes, considering it's an untested approach, so to speak? Sure, so there are really a lot of reasons to participate in the clinical
1: trial. for personal reasons, many people feel like this is the best way for them to get the newest treatments available for for lung cancer in, m- in many cases in my clinic or for, for other sorts of diseases. So they have the opportunity to get a drug that they wouldn't be able to get otherwise. That may be especially promising for them. Um, the other reason to participate is, I think, uh, more altruistic. This is the only way we can improve care for our patients moving forward. So by being on a clinical trial, not only can you help yourself, but really you can benefit you know your kids and grandkids and really future generations with these diseases.
0: I've heard of participating in a clinical trial as being described as sort of a leap of faith. Like, what if I try this and it doesn't work and then it's too late to try something else?
1: Deciding whether or not to enroll in a clinical trial can be very stressful for patients. Um, and it can feel a bit like a leap of faith, like they're, they're looking at something that we really don't know yet exactly how well it works. Um, that being said, we, we really focus on only opening clinical trials that we think are a good option. Um, I, I personally um, I do a lot of clinical trials myself. And if I didn't think it would be a trial that I'd enroll my, my mother or my sister on, I wouldn't want to be involved in it. Um, so I do think there's, we, we look at those trials very carefully to make sure that they'd be a good option. Um, clinical trials aren't a good option for everyone and you should definitely ask your doctor about the pros and cons of participating.
0: Here at Moores Cancer Center at UC San Diego Health, about how many clinical trials do we have going on at the moment?
1: Oh, oh, goodness. I have, I honestly have no idea. I apologize. Um, as a lung cancer doctor, I can speak more specifically to the lung cancer trials available. And within lung cancer right now, we have about 30 trials open. Um, so for most of our patients, we're able to find some option that, they're, that they can, can be a candidate for and they can enroll in the trial.
0: How can someone participate in a clinical trial? I mean, where do you even start? Um, There are multiple places to look. We've been
1: developing a website. um, It's called clinicaltrials.ucbraid.org. And that's a place where patients can go and type in the condition that they're looking for a clinical trial for. You know, if you're looking for a clinical trial for high blood pressure or for cancer or for inflammatory bowel disease, you type that condition in. Um, And it can search through and tell you the clinical trials that are available. And it gives you links to the clinical trials website where often there's a a contact person on there that you can call. Um, The other thing to do is is speak to your doctor. Um, Many patients come to my clinic and say, you know, what clinical trials are available. And then we talk through, you know, if there's one option or two options or more, we talk about what might be the best for them.
0: I think we're lucky here in San Diego to have access to so many clinical trials, but what about people who don't live near UC San Diego or live out in some rural area?
1: So accessibility is definitely an issue. Most clinical trials are done at big academic centers that are oftentimes in major cities. So for people living far away from an academic center, it can be harder to enroll in clinical trials. Um, There are clinical trials that don't require much time at the hospital though there are some clinical trials where patients only have to come in you know one time every four weeks or sometimes even less frequently so if people are willing to travel occasionally they can still enroll on clinical trials you don't necessarily have to move to a big city to enroll also you can look at clinical trials you know through the internet through phone calls through emails um, before you actually make a trip here and contact the doctors involved uh, to see if you might be a good candidate before you commit to the travel
0: Healthcare costs are a big issue for most people. Does a patient or his or her health insurance need to pay for the treatment a patient receives as part of a clinical trial? I mean, how does that work? The financial burden of treatment, including clinical trials, is a
1: concern for many of my patients. Uh, we try to be as upfront as possible when talking to a potential patient about a clinical trial. Many clinical trials the um, company sponsoring it provides the drug or intervention at no cost to them. Uh, Some trials actually give a stipend, a a bit of a reimbursement for participating, some reimburse for travel. Every clinical trial is a little bit different and you should ask your doctors about the specifics of your clinical trials but often assistance is available and the goal is that clinical trials should not be expensive for you. So what is your role? What, what do you do
0: here at Moores Cancer Center?
1: I run mainly clinical trials in lung and head and neck cancer, looking at different types of chemotherapy, targeted therapy, or immunotherapy. Um, my goals are to look at, at two major questions. The first is, how do we select the right drug for the right patient? Um, In lung cancer and head and neck cancer, we know that not every tumor is the same, um, that one patient's response to one treatment might be different than another patient's. So we really work hard to try to figure out how to put the right treatment to the right patient in order to get them the, the best outcomes and also the least number of side effects. I'm also very interested in looking at immunotherapy. That's the idea of using your body's own immune system uh, to fight cancers. And for some patients, this can be a great option and can lead to lower toxicity of treatment, um, also better outcomes. So that's what I'm really passionate
0: about. Who owns a clinical trial? And do we test only our own homegrown therapies developed by researchers here at UC San Diego? Or do we manage clinical trials for pharmaceutical companies? There are different sorts of sponsors for clinical trials. Uh, Some
1: of our clinical trials are sponsored by either pharmaceutical companies or large national groups. And in those trials, uh, we're one of many participating sites around the country. Uh, So oftentimes patients find the site that's most convenient to them and enroll there. There are also clinical trials that are done only at UCSD. And most of the time, these are things that our scientists have studied in the lab. They find that it looks promising, and we want to test to see if it works as well in people as it does in the laboratory. So those are clinical trials that are only available here at UCSD. We call those investigator-initiated trials because that means we we take it from the very beginning. We identify an interesting topic for study. uh, We identify a drug. We create the entire protocol. And we enroll patients here to figure out whether it works.
0: So researchers work in labs, making new discoveries, coming up with new potential treatment approaches, and they know that well. But I think, since I've talked to a lot of scientists, that it can be a bit daunting for scientists to know how to make that leap from an interesting finding in their lab to launching a clinical trial, testing it in people. Um, I mean, it's a lot of paperwork, if nothing else. How, How does that work? How do they know how to do that? it can definitely be challenging to translate things from the lab to the clinic
1: and I think that's where teamwork is really important Uh, so I don't work in a laboratory myself I'm a clinical investigator but I'm not I'm not pipetting I'm not working with mice or cell lines or anything anymore but I I work with people that do so I try to attend their laboratory meetings I try to find out what exciting is going on in their lab and then it's a collaboration it's you know they tell me I have this cool laboratory discovery and I help them to figure out how we can bring that to people. So they know the science very, very well, I know the regulatory part very well and we, we work very closely together. Um, here at UCSD we have a very large uh, clinical research group and much of it is run out of the Altman Clinical Translational Research Institute. This is a place where many clinical trials for many different diseases are being done. Um, we have a lot of research staff and clinical staff there to assist with clinical trials, um, and staff there to help
0: you find a clinical trial that's right for you. Are there any particular patients you've worked with over the years whose story has really stuck with you? I can't stress how much
1: um, treatment of cancer has changed in the past 10 years because of clinical trials. Um, When I started treating lung cancer, chemotherapy was one of our very few options available. Everyone would lose their hair, um, Have oftentimes people would have nausea, low blood counts, they didn't feel well, and it didn't always work all that well. Over the past 10 years, we now have targeted therapies for many patients that, that work on their exact mutation that they have in their cancer. Um, immunotherapy has really transformed how we treat people with lung cancer. None of that would have been possible without clinical trials. Um, To give you one very specific example, I I had a young woman who was diagnosed with lung cancer in her 30s. Um, She was treated with chemotherapy, with standard chemotherapy, and it didn't work. Um, And after it didn't work, we tested her tumor for what at the time was a brand new mutation that had been discovered called an ALK translocation or ALK translocation. And we found that she had this mutation, and we started her on a drug drug targeted against it as part of a clinical protocol called crizotinib. And it worked beautifully. Her tumors shrank away on this drug. She felt better. Um, She was able to have more time and also more quality time Uh, With her family that drug is now FDA approved on the basis of the clinical trial She took part of so I can prescribe that drug to patients outside of a clinical trial But without people like her enrolling on clinical trials first She wouldn't have been able to get the drug at the time without the clinical trial and second We wouldn't now be able to offer that drug to more people Without people like her participating so it really can you know change your life and change the life of people in the future How did you personally get started
0: in this career path?
1: I started out way back when as a chemistry major and a scientist and and working in the lab. And what I discovered pretty early on was that I loved reading about what the lab could do, but I personally needed more human interactions in that. So medicine was really a natural fit for me. I I could work with science, but I could also spend a lot of time with people and helping people. And from there, I started treating lung and head and neck cancer because, to be quite honest, when I started off, the standard treatments we had for these patients were not good. And I wanted to be a part of making them better through research. And that's how I ended up where I am today. Um, And I, I love what I do. I love being able to help people. Do you have any final advice? If you are interested in enrolling on a clinical trial, it never hurts to look into it. Um, by asking your doctor, or having a visit with a clinical trial physician, that doesn't obligate you to anything there are people that hear about a clinical trial may be interested in the beginning but for a variety of reasons they decide not to enroll and that's fine it never hurts to explore the options that are available out there whether online or in person Uh, don't be afraid to ask your doctors about it ask us our honest opinion I think we we got into this business to help people Um, we don't want to put you on a clinical trial if it's not best for you at this time so don't be afraid to ask questions don't be afraid to look
0: into things and you know don't be afraid to change your mind that's allowed that's it for this episode again that website dr gold mentioned is clinical trials all one word dot uc braid dot org thanks for joining us on n equals one you can find more of our episodes at health UCSD.edu slash podcast or wherever you like to listen to your podcasts.